Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Monday, January 16th. 2023. I hope that you're doing well and enjoying the holiday weekend here on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Duke basketball's defeat. They lost against Clemson this past weekend. I'm going to bring on my good friend Connor O'Neill from the Devils Illustrated. We're going to break it all down. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast platform, their algorithms love it when you take time to leave us a five-star rating and review. I personally love that as well. So if you could help us out, that would be outstanding. Uh, Also, make sure you watch the show daily on YouTube. Subscribe there as well as we continue to climb towards 1,000 subscribers. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, it's an absolute joy to bring on my good friend Connor O'Neill from the Devils Illustrated to talk some Duke basketball. Two weeks in a row, Connor. I'm enjoying this routine and trend that we're establishing here. Thanks for the time. No problem. Happy to happy to join. Uh, happy to talk Duke basketball anytime. Yeah, so we want to talk about this Duke game against Clemson that took place over the weekend. Duke, of course, was coming off a win over Pitt. Duke had put together a couple of wins um, there so far to open up ACC play. A couple of defeats. Now the Blue Devils sit at four and three in league play. What stood out from Saturday's game? Uh, it stood out that Duke played a a really strong. 30 somewhere between 32 and 35 minutes and then when the going got tough uh when Clemson really kind of bowed up defensively down the stretch you're reminded again that Duke has a young team and some of those young players uh miss shots that normally they'd make you know if it was 18 to 15 in the first half they might be a little more comfortable taking those shots and making those shots uh, that's what I saw. That's that's kind of the feeling that I got in the locker room post game. That's kind of the feeling I got from John Shire, both after the game in the press conference and again today on the teleconference for ACC coaches. It's just it's a it's a growth uh, learning curve type of thing that they were ready. They they were far enough along in the learning curve that they were able to beat Pitt on uh, Wednesday night with a great second half. They're not quite to the point where they can knock off Clemson on the road. Um, that was that was my main takeaway there. Yeah, no, you take a look at the Duke team and what they were able to do. Again, had an eight-point lead in the first half, had the lead in the second half. Brad Brownell calls a timeout. Clemson kind of gets their offense back settled, and Duke can't find offense down the stretch. I mean, what do you make of this? Zero made shots from the floor for Duke in the last five minutes of that basketball game. Yeah, it's a team that, I mean, you you hone in on the fact that they don't have anybody to create offense for themselves and for others a lot of times off the dribble. Like, that should be Jeremy Roach. That has been Jeremy Roach at times this year. It maybe should be Dariq Whitehead, but he – I, I don't want to say he took a step backward. I mean, it's not just going to be this straight upward – curve for him uh coming off of the injury and and being a freshman it's it's just never it's never going to be completely linear 
Uh, there's going to be ups and downs, and you know Saturday night was a down for him. Uh, you you hope that you know it's it's not a second down when they finally get back on the court on my, against Miami uh, this weekend. So you're you're looking for offense, and your offense has to come from getting the ball inside and getting right. offensive rebounds. And you know Clemson again, they're they're physical. Um, they were able to kind of outmuscle Duke in those last five minutes, and that's why Duke is without a field goal. Yeah, I mean, to lose by eight and to not score down the stretch, it was a little easier for Clemson to walk away with that one down this finish. Uh, Kyle Filipowski was eight of 22 from the floor, uh, started out fairly efficient um, in his young career, and now you look at his season numbers, he's a 25% three-point shooter. I mean, he has really tailed off when it comes to his outside shot. Um, what do you make of his offensive game right now? Because, again, you look at the counting stats, we call them from time to time, an 18.14 rebound game. Yeah, double-double, we'll take it, uh, but there's a little bit more efficiency that goes there too. Yeah, I think some of it is just regression to the mean. Uh, he was not going to be a you know three-for-four every night type of three-point shooter. That's just – that's asking a little too much of a, of a freshman there. Um, I get the sense that he's probably putting a little too much pressure on himself. Uh, I don't think, you know, he's, he's not a dumb player by any stretch. He knows what's going on. He knows what it looks like. He knows that for Duke to score a lot of times it's going to be in his hands. If the shot clock's running low or if, you know, if, if the if the situation calls for it, he's got to be the guy to go get a bucket. And we're seeing that, you know, that's that's a difficult position to be in for him. Um, not saying he's ill suited for it. I'm just saying it's it's not exactly what you would have thought uh, back in when you looked at this roster in the three or four months before the season. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely strange where some of these individual players are at this point of year, and the consistency piece is something that I'm sure will highlight this entire week because, again, we're in a week where Duke does not play a single game, a little bit of an off week here for the Blue Devils, and they're back in action on Saturday to take on Miami. Let's talk a little bit more about the Clemson game in particular, and we'll do that after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils today is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. As a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success this year, success in 2023, all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, again, J.J. Jackson with my good pal Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated, and we're talking about the Stoop game against Clemson, 72-64, the final score in this one for the Blue Devils. Jeremy Roach is out. You need better play from Tyrese Proctor. A really, really impressive first half for Tyrese Proctor, and then all of a sudden the shots just weren't falling there in the second half. Yeah, I think it's, you know – not to not to beat the 
the dead horse here, but it's youth. Uh, I thought he he took a couple threes there in the last maybe seven or eight minutes of the game that I thought were the exact same looks that he got in the first half and and stroked right. uh, he had the two threes in the three point play. I think it was his one. He had one of Duke's last two buckets. I think a, like a running layup with about eight minutes left. Um, that was really the only time where you looked down there and said like, "Oh, there's there's the Tyrese Proctor that we saw in the first half. There's the Tyrese Proctor we saw in the second half against Pitt uh, when Duke really needed him to step up." So again, I it's just it's coming along. Like he he's. He's adapting to this role. Three games without Jeremy has meant he has to be the point guard. Like he, he has to be on the court. He has to be have the ball in his hands. Um, they trust Jalen Blake's with the ball in his hands to initiate offense, but you know how 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 reliant are are you on Jalen Blake's to get you a, a bucket when you need one? <laughs> Um, that's all due respect. I, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus there, but he's just not that. You're totally fair. Yeah. Player. So they need Tyrese to, to step up. He did it against Pitt. Uh, so, you know, it's there, you know, it's, it's within his capability. Um, it's just got to become consistent now. And that's, that's the crazy thing about, about looking at Duke and looking at how young they're going to be is it's such a condensed time frame to, to get them to get up to speed and get the learning curve really accelerated. It's kind of what puts into perspective how special last year's group was. No doubt about that. To make that run all the way to the final four and coach K's last season. And now some struggles here for Duke. Duke is 13 and five on the season four and three and ACC play Clemson remains unbeaten. Duke falls out of the top 25 Clemson. Now the number 19 team in the entire country. Looking at the front court for the Blue Devils, I want to include Derek Lively here, Ryan Young, and then Mark Mitchell. When you look at their play on Saturday against Clemson and moving forward, what looks what stands out to you, Connor? I I think I think I could see a little bit of a step backward for Derek Lively coming. Um, Clemson's front court is much better than Pitt's, especially without John Hughley. Um, so it wasn't really surprising to see him struggle a little bit more on the defensive end. Right. Uh, he just, he absorbs and, and he has way too much contact on defense and that's why he's in foul trouble basically every game. Uh, you just drive into him and jump into him and his arms are going to come down and he's going to get whistled for it. Uh, and PJ Hall is just so much better than anybody pick can throw out there. Probably even if John Hughley was available <laughs> and playing, um, Mark Mitchell, I think consistency is coming. I think he understands his role a little more with each game. Uh, he is really valuable when he's aggressive and when he's attacking off the dribble, uh, but he's got to be under control. And I think sometimes he gets too far out of control. Uh, those are at least one or two turnovers down the stretch were on him. Uh, and I think I think one of them was ruled a, a missed shot where it kind of gets stripped going up and – that's all about whether the official scorer wants to give you the benefit of the doubt of whether it was a shot or whether it was just stripped and you lost the ball and deflected it out of your out of your hands. Um, you know, Ryan Young, it, he's he's got his limits, right? Like he's he had the the ceiling of the twenty point game against Florida State without missing a shot. Yeah, but he's got a floor, and when he plays athletic teams. Uh, 
he's going to be at a disadvantage. And sometimes he's going to be able to make things work for himself. Other times he's going to be just just kind of not overwhelmed. But like I said, he's going to be on the on the short end of the stick there. And that's, you know, I, I can't say enough about how good P.J. Hall is. I mean, that guy, Coach K, sat at a podium last year and called him the most improved player in the country. Um, he was runner up in the ACC. So I guess the voters didn't see it that way, but yeah, uh, he's, he's a phenomenal big and he was just too much to handle for Duke. We'll see what this team can do moving forward. They've got to find a way to be more efficient on the offensive end. And a lot of that starts from the three point line, Duke, just three of 20 from the outside against Pitt two makes from Tyrese Proctor in the basketball game. Filipowski has the other. Uh, Mark Mitchell continues to be the best three-point shooter for Duke from players that are actually getting minutes at 42%. And then there's the Jaden Shoot crowd looking at his seven games played, 50% from three-point range. And people want to see him out there, Connor. Yeah, I, I get it. And and I understand the the tug of it's it's kind of the backup quarterback syndrome. Yeah, every football team. The guy that's not playing. Yeah. Right, right. The guy that's not playing is the most popular guy on the roster for struggling teams. And I mean that's kind of the case for Duke and three point shooting. I just go to we're not in practice. Uh, we've seen very limited Jaden shoot minutes, and sometimes he's been able to get in there and make a three or two. Other times he's gone in there and and missed and looked a little overwhelmed. And I've got to believe that John Shire and this staff are smart enough to know whether what he does in practice that we don't see can or can't help Duke win games. It's not like, and it's putting John in such a difficult position when he's asked about it, because John's not going to come out and say, no, this kid can't help us. Like this kid that we recruited here, we believe in, we want to be here for the future. He, he just can't come out and say, kill the kid. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, you've got to, at some point, you've got to have the realization. And I'm, I guess I'm, I guess I'm talking to the fans. You got to have the realization that, like, John is not trying to lose games uh, on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if Jaden Shoot could help, he'd be out there. Um, he's, he can't, he, obviously, they, they haven't thought that yet. That might change in the future. Like you might see him thrown out there against Miami in the first 10 minutes just to see if he can go in there and knock down a three, kind of the, the Joey Baker role uh, when Joey was good last year. So we'll see. Like, but yeah, that, <laughs> the discussion around Jaden shoot has kind of cracked me up. Right. Cause yeah. like if he could help, he'd be out there. He's a popular guy, Connor. What can we say? Him and the backup quarterbacks. Absolutely. All right, let's take one more break, and then we'll talk more Duke basketball with our good pal Connor O'Neill when Locked On Blue Devils continues here in just a moment. I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, another proud presenting sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. It's your number one source for sports betting information, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from the NFL playoffs. What a big game we've got tonight to round out Wild Card Weekend. Can Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defend home turf when they take on the Dallas Cowboys? You can find all the odds online 
And we've got all that information at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. As we bring back on my good pal Connor O'Neill, let's give him his praise, who last week correctly told me that Georgia would win the national championship game in our Monday episode. They went on to defeat TCU 65 7. Do you have a, a Super Bowl pick for us here, Connor? Like any any teams that you think could be on a run here? I've paid a lot more attention to college football than I have the NFL. Yeah, this will be great I, then. Let me see what you got. <laughs> I will throw out there. I I think the Super Bowl winner will come from the AFC. Um, I'm not convinced one way or the other on yeah. the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Bengals. Like I, I any of those three win it. That would not be a surprise to me. I think it comes down to those quarterbacks. Yeah, like I, I think you're feeling really good about Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. I think they'll be able to do that. That's good stuff. All right, and we'll see if you're right because you were right about the national championship game. We'll check back in, uh, what, February 12th, I think, is Super Bowl Sunday. We'll see what that looks like. All right, so, Connor, this basketball team for Duke, an entire week off, uh, weird portion of the schedule. And then let's also point out the fact one week from today, Duke is playing on Big Monday ESPN. They're going up to Blacksburg, Virginia, to Castle Coliseum to take on the Hokies. So some time off here for Duke, but then they've got two tough ones back-to-back. Yeah, John Shire mentioned on this morning's teleconference that this today and tomorrow are just they're, – they're not game-planning anything for Miami. It is completely it's, – it's practices completely focused on Duke and getting Duke better. They're not – they're not even kind of honed in on one area or the other. Uh, it's just general improvement practices. And those those are few and far between in college basketball season, especially when you play the the opening stretch that Duke sure. put on their plates. I, I can't remember the, the exact numbers off the top of my head. It was something like the first 14 games were in a span of 38 days or something like that. They never had more than three days between a game. Um, that was grueling. And so – they had those long breaks around Christmas. It's Christmas time. It's finals time. This is during the season. This is you've got some fresh material with the Clemson game. You can go to work on yourself for the next two days, and then you can get ready for for a top 25 team when Miami comes to town. Um, it's a it's a crucial stretch. And pretty much in, in the months of January, February, and half of March in the ACC, they're all crucial stretches. But, but this is the time where Duke can, can take a step forward or two, um, both, both kind of literally with Jeremy Roach getting back healthy. He's missed three games. I think the conventional knowledge and wisdom was always that he was going to kind of target this Miami game for his return. Maybe we see him, maybe we don't. Um, but he's getting closer. And then you're, you're getting a team with, uh, what is it, seven freshmen and, and four transfers uh, to that are in the rotation. Yeah. Those guys are, are coming together still, and it's still a learning curve, and this is the time where you get, your, get the train ahead of the curve. This is also a time, Connor, look at the setup I've got for you. This is also a time this week with no games to be played for more time to be spent at thedevilsillustrated.com. Tell <laughs> me what we could find there this upcoming week, man. 
We've got a great uh, recap from from Clemson. I was able to drive down. It's about a three and a half hour drive from from Kernersville down to Clemson. So I'm I'm glad to make that to yeah. find some live coverage. Um, sometime probably tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. I'd like to get a column together just on the well, kind of what I've talked about with the growth and and kind of as long as Duke is going to be this program that competes for the number one or two recruiting class brings in at least five to eight newcomers every season. Like they're going to face this, some of the same problems every year. They're going to face this learning curve. They're going to face this, you know, part of the, part of the struggle for John Shire and the staff coming out of the wake forest and NC state road games was you've got to compete. You've got to play hard on every possession. They did that at Clemson. Like it was yeah. not a different problem at Clemson. They came out well. They led for for that middle section of the game. Now the now the lesson, the learning has to happen with good teams when they're at home. They're going to take it up a notch or two in the last five to eight minutes of a game, and we've got to match that. And that's that's the next step, and that's going to occur. Obviously, not Saturday when they're in Cameron, but that's going to occur, like you said, Virginia Tech. Don't pay attention to that ACC record. They've been missing Hunter Couture. He's, I think, getting closer to a return. That Virginia Tech team is is going to be good. Like they're going to be there at the end of the ACC season, um, and that's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a fired up environment, and Duke is going to have to rise to meet the challenge on the road again. So I'd like to have a column uh, yeah. coming in the in the next day or two on that. I can't wait to read every single word. I hope that others will do that as well. At Connor O'Neill underscore D-I on Twitter to follow him for amazing coverage. Always appreciate your time here stopping by Locked On Blue Devils. Looking forward to talking to you again soon, Connor, okay? My pleasure. Thanks, JJ. All right, that's my pal Connor O'Neill, and he's joining us here today on another great edition of Locked On Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, a Section 17 podcast. We'll stop by. Can't wait to break down this stretch of Duke basketball with him. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. We'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.